So how the nervous system actually works is that you can think of it divided into three zones, right? And that in the middle, well, so let's take this in for a second, right? So you've got this band in the middle where of kind of optimal functioning. And then on the, on the higher end is where your defense system kind of goes on high and we move into states of attack or defense or avoidance or escape, right? And so the energy raises and we all know this experience, right? And so what we're, we're doing is we're, we experience this as a, great, a state of greater internal chaos, right? There's like a pot that's boiling over, right? And, um, and it's hard for me to manage it or it's hard for me to control it. And then on the flip side, is the opposite. It's not too much energy. It's not enough energy. So it's not that the pot is boiling over and I can't control the energy. It's that the pot is frozen and I don't want to get out of bed. Right. And so there's not enough energy. And so, and then in the middle is a kind of optimal balance where I am in control of myself. And so this is, it's the other thing that I want to make clear is that this isn't necessarily about being calm. I, you could be really highly activated or very excited, but you're still in control of yourself. I think the, in this green zone where ideally we want to be is you know, the, what marks the quality of the green zone is that you're in control, right? You could have various levels of energy. You could be in calm and cool and collected and you're in control, or you could be on the higher end. You could be really excited uh, you might even be nervous or you could be giddy, but you're also in control. And when we move out of these boundaries, then the emotion is managing us rather than vice versa, right? Or when you sink into the black zone, right? Then the lack of energy is preventing you from taking it, taking action. Okay, so I hope that's clear. The other thing I want to make clear is that these are all totally legitimate aspects of human experience. There is not one of these that's the good place to be and then the others are bad and that we want to kind of cut them off, right? They're all helpful. They're all part of, they're all part of what it means to be human. And, and there's not a villain here, right? Because it is absolutely true that sometimes you do need to defend yourself, right? Or you do need to run out of the burning building. Right? And we don't want to push that away. If somebody's attacking you, you need to be able to healthily manage a defensive response. Right? And the same is true of the black zone. If somebody passes away, we move into a state of mourning, which is a state of lower energy, which is a time to uh, console ourselves or to collect ourselves, to reconsider what is true about life now. Right? That's not pathological. That's just the way we work, right? And that's a healthy thing. So there's no villain on this screen right now, but let's take a little deeper dive into them, right? The red zone is a state of heightened energy, right? And let's take a look at this list. Frustration and impatience, right? What nonstop hamster wheel, it's two o'clock in the morning and the hamster wheel's still like spinning around. You can't turn it off, right? Tension in your muscles, tunnel vision, poor decision-making, being impulsive, you know, focusing only on the short term, uh, the, the range of irritability, anger, and rage, blame, what I call the cheeseburger chocolate axis. Um, comfort food is comforting because it temporarily abates the red zone reaction. 
And then after a while it comes back, which is why there is a fairly clear relationship of chronic stress and diabetes, right? Because, you know, when we get hungry, what do we get hungry for? It is not hummus and carrot sticks, I'm afraid, right? It is it's all the junk you've been eating. It's that bag of potato chips that's on my counter right now that I've been assiduously avoiding, right? We get a short fuse, hypervigilance, right? Which is a kind of hyper awareness of potential threat, uh, racing thoughts, chronic pain, worry, panic, all of that, right? That's the red zone. And biologically, this is a very expensive place to live as a, as a kind of lifestyle, which we'll talk about in a minute. Then on the flip side is the black zone, right? If the red zone was about too much energy, the pot is boiling over, the black zone is not enough energy, the pot is frozen, I can't take action, right? It's about giving up or giving in, it's about exhaustion, it's about avoidance, it's about uh, ignoring, it's about denying this is really happening. Uh, low energy, deadness, numbness, low heart rate, immune system malfunction, I uh, gave a talk for a, uh, a, a nonprofit dealing with autoimmune disease. Why are autoimmune diseases on the rise? I would say that one, one clear relationship is because we are living in a far more chronically stressful society, right? Poor digestion, a sense of why bother, maybe you don't even want to get out of bed, okay? That's the black zone. And then there's the green zone right? Which is like, how do we, it's the area where we're our most complex, where we're our most engaged, we're the most connected, the most adaptive. So, you know, when you go to the airport and you see some consulting firms uh, advertisement that says, you know, some boilerplate about, you know, our people are our most important asset, there needs to be a big uh, asterisk by, by the, and at the end of that statement, which is our people are our most important asset, asterisk when they're in their green zone because here's where we are our most sophisticated, right? And again, it's not necessarily a, a state of calm, right? Mindfulness is not about being calm, it is about being aware. But it is very helpful if you can be in your green zone a lot of the time, right? I like to think about, you know, if you look at this list, relaxed, energized, confident, I'm not gonna read them all, humorous, flexible, right? You're able to take the point of view of other people, you're adaptable, easy to be with, engaged, you feel safe, you're patient, all of those things, right? This is the you you want the world to know, right? This is the you that you put on your online dating profile, right? Because, you know, after a while, they're going to they're gonna meet the red zone you and the black zone you, but you don't, you don't lead with that foot, right? So, so here's where ideally it's best to be. And uh, this is where when we want to talk about, you know, what I talk about in the welcome video, knowledge, work, or productivity, right? Here's where we flourish. And ideally, you know, if you are managing people, uh, this is this is where you want your people to be. Energized and engaged, but not freaked out, right? So when we talk about psychological safety, what we're really talking about fundamentally is that can you create a team that is chronically in its green zone and not in a defensive state of red or black, right? That's what we're talking about fundamentally. So the, again, right? So as the, as the world becomes more VUCAfied, right? Which is not gonna, let's face it, it's not gonna get better anytime soon, right? What being in the green zone does more of the time helps us be more sophisticated in mobilizing responses to the challenges that we face.
right? And I see this more and more as an essential and necessary aspect of leadership, right? That's what you first and the leader have to cultivate in you, and then you help to cultivate that in your team. So, right, because the simple fact is that you are contagious. If you are the leader, right, being uh, highly aware of the energy that you are putting into your network, right? Emotion is energy and information. And what is the energy you are putting into that network? So, you know, I am working with a leader right now who has a kind of chronic inability to give sincere praise. Right? And it usually comes out in the form of a backhanded compliment. And what that does to his team is, is kind of profoundly demoralizing because here's the, here's the man that they, whose intellect they respect, who is in his heart, a very good and, and honorable, decent human being. But for whatever reason, he is not capable of, is not yet capable of simply giving unadulterated praise. Right? And so what that does is that that affects the invisible office, right? That affects the energy that we're bringing to this whole situation. And so again, right, we start with you so that you are understanding what's going on inside you, how is that motivating your action and how is that affecting your invisible office? Because in this world of interconnectedness, the organization is experiencing your consciousness, right? your consciousness is setting the tone for the rest of the organization and how aware are you of that, right? So that's, that I think is one of the gifts of this program. So one thing you can do is start to be much more conscious of, you know, if, we were, if this was a game of poker, what are your tells, right? What, how do you experience each zone? right? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? And if you can create a robust, you know, a robust understanding of who am I in my red zone? Who am I in my green zone? Who am I in my black zone? That will be very helpful, right? And if you don't know, your team will tell you, or your spouse will probably gladly tell you, They're probably already telling you. So understanding what that is. Then once you've got that down, start to develop the your, your awareness of what are the tells of the people around you. I just gave a talk recently about, you know, how do leaders manage their teams and manage morale during COVID? It's in some level, it's not hard, right? The people that I have seen do it really well make space for emotion, right? And that, that's this question on the bottom which is like how often do you check in with each other and not check in at the level of, Hey, are you getting your work done? But Hey, getting checking in with, Hey, how are you doing? Right. Is there something, you know, you need us to know because I think what we're seeing as we move through this crisis is a redefinition of what it means to be professional. And that in the old days, what it meant to be professional was to put emotion off in a box somewhere, but that really is not actually how, and then so we kind of walk around pretending we don't have emotions and that's what, and that's what this game is about. But in a, in a crisis situation, emotions right, become unavoidable. 
And so what professional is now, I think, being redefined as is somebody who can really skillfully handle not only their own emotions, but the emotions of the people that they work with and that they live with, right? And so making space for that is, I think, essential. How do you, and it doesn't have to be a therapy session. It's simply acknowledging, hey, like everybody, what's going on that we need to know about or that you would like us to know about? Because if I'm sitting here thinking about, hey, three people I know have died of COVID and I'm the one in my family that's responsible for managing all of their affairs because I'm the one in my family that's always keeping the stuff together and I don't have a place to talk about that or to have, have that acknowledge this is going on as well as all my professional duties and responsibilities, then do you think, where do you think my attention's gonna be, right? How committed do you think I'm gonna be to, to this work thing that, that, I, that we have going on, right? So in some ways it's simple, it's just about being human. So the other thing I alluded to is like, what zone do you live in, right? What zone do you live in? And then another question is, what zone does your organization live in? And if you were to take this map and let's say spread it over a year, so like January is over here, December is over here, and you divided it up, could you map what zone your, your organization is like that you can predict? You know, I noticed, I know that with my financial services client, right, we know April between there's busy season January to, to mid-April, right? They're all in the red zone. And then, and then, uh, and then it happen, happens again in the fall, right? Or another client I have bills at the end of the month, right? So at, the, at week four, 12 times a year, everybody's in the red zone. Going back to my, uh, to my financial services client, right? Everybody's in the red zone until April 15th and then April 16th, well, really April 17th, right? April 16th, they're all hung over. And then April 17th, they all kind of sink into the black zone and then emerge sometime around mid-May, early June. So where does your organization live? And how can you plot it? And then where do you live? And if you are living in a state just above you know, just above uh, the boundary of the green zone, then understand that that is expensive from a from a metabolical point of from a metabolic point of view. It's an expensive proposition for your body and emotions and your nervous system and your immune system and all of that. And at some point, the energy is going to run out, and that you're going to you will sink into uh, you'll sink into the black zone, right? So then I asked the question right? Will you survive your own success? And this conversation I had with somebody recently, founder of a firm, it's very successful. He grew it from, from a tiny place to a multi-million dollar uh, global enterprise. And I said, how are things going? And he said, you know, I, I'm now in my early 50s and the chickens are coming home to roost, right? I'm overweight. I have heart problems. My doctor is concerned. I need to, I've got high blood pressure. Uh, I'm losing my hair. And, you know, was this all worth it? So are you surviving your success? Is now if you're young, you can entertain yourself with the fact that um, that's never gonna happen to me. But at some point, you know, history suggests it's gonna happen to you if you don't pay attention to it, right? Or it's gonna happen to your firm or happen to your people. So then 
that gets us to the next session section that gets us to the next section, which is how do we start to build capacity for dealing with intensity, right?